Hey there, it's Dusty Thunder again, and I have another AITA story from Reddit for you. This one is, am I the ass cannot for refusing to help my mom now that her husband is sick and throwing the past in her face when she pleaded with me? That's a lot. Let's find out more. My mom and I, 25 female, have a contentious relationship. We have been mostly estranged for the last seven years. I say mostly because she has made some effort to stay in touch while I faded away. My dad died when I was four. Mom and him were not married, but they were together. She leaned heavily on my dad's family for a couple of years. Then she moved us away so she could start a better life for us. After moving, she met John and married him. I was told more than once by John and by my mom that John was now my father and I was told to call him dad. Refer to him as dad with others and not to correct anyone who used the term dad slash father. I was to correct those who said he was my step dead. I didn't want to do this, but I was punished and John yelled at me multiple times for disrespecting his love and I was berated and told he was stepping up to take me on as his daughter and the least I could do is respect him as my father. Sounds like the last episode of Last of Us. When my mom gave John children, it became very clear he never saw me as his. I was treated differently. I was not given the same anything, yet the rules remained in place that I called John dad and would get punished for any instance of not. Mom always took his side, always backed him up, always agreed that he deserved deserve some kind of respect for this stuff. I still have some bitterness over this. I didn't want John to be my father, but at the very least, if I'm going to be forced to address him as such and to correct people who spoke the truth, I feel like I should have been treated better at least. But that didn't happen, and I moved out the day I turned 18 and stopped speaking to or seeing my mom and John. She would reach out, and sometimes I would read or listen to hear her speak, but it felt good not having them around. Now John has been diagnosed with a neurological condition and my mom is caring for him. She asked me to come and help her, to help him, to help out their children. I refused. She told me she needed me, they needed me, and I'm their daughter. I told her I didn't care. I wouldn't help, and after everything they had done, they deserved nothing from me. I told her she failed me as a mother, and as far as I was concerned, they were already dead and buried and nothing to do with me. She said I was being unfair, holding on to the past too much and lacking in compassion. She tried to tell me to think of the good times. I told her she failed me. She forced me to say stuff I didn't want to say as a kid in order to appease her husband who didn't treat me like his kid anyway. A family friend reached out after the disagreement and told me I should be ashamed. And while they were imperfect back then, they are still my family. And I piled on a woman who is doing the hardest job imaginable, caring for a sick loved one. Am I the Askinaut? OP's dad died when she was four and they had kids of their own later on. They don't talk about ages. So, so if she's 25 now, she moved out when she was 18. It's been, so it's been seven years. I think I, I we can't really assume kids ages on there. I'm sure that they're not really little. She didn't talk about her mom's age either. We don't know how old anybody, but OP is here. We know that OP left when she was 18 and that's, that's it. We've actually heard, we've heard some stories like this where stepkids were heavily mistreated. And then later on in life, that step parent needs their help of some kind, and they pull out the reverse uno, and they're given the opportunity to execute some karma. That's worth something. In this case, I think, even though it would be great if she could, if OP could help her mom, she didn't have that bond. She didn't feel beholden to her mom, just like her mom clearly didn't feel beholden to her. She didn't feel that connection with her stepdad, like she wanted to help care for him because he never helped care for her. I mean, he, it sounds like, provided her with food and shelter, and that was pretty much the basics of it. The whole forcing her to call him dad thing is weird, but they are definitely not your responsibility here, OP, and you get to choose who your family is once you get to break free 
from the constraints of the legal terminology of a family and you're able to leave at 18, you at that point get to choose your tribe. This group of people obviously didn't treat you in a way that, that made you feel like a family, so be left. And I think you did the right thing there. Where I was going before with saying that even if you could help, the dangerous thing here is that you enter this cycle again of if you did help and you stepped back into this, what makes you think that you would be treated any better? What makes mom think that she would treat you any better? What makes anything different here at all? The only difference here is that John's sick and mom has to take care of him and now she needs help. That's it. That is the only difference here at all. We don't know how crippling John's neurological condition is either. So if he is still with it enough to be able to communicate, he's probably going to treat her like shit still. Maybe even worse now. If you want to have somewhat of a happy and functional life, you have to create distance between yourself and the people who caused you trauma earlier in life. There is no going back to that, I don't think. Tell me what you guys think, but I, in this situation, would not be going back to touch the hot stove again. She didn't take pleasure in telling them to F off. She didn't take pleasure in that. She said no to protect herself. That's completely understandable. And I imagine that putting yourself back in that situation with proximity would just make it worse and make it take even longer. So distance. I mean, what do you do when someone's taking swings at you? You back up. Don't let them land a punch. Hey there, this is Dusty Thunder, and I have another AITA story for you. This one is from Reddit, and it goes like this. Am I the astronaut for laughing in my mother-in-law's face? Husband and I were financially well off in 2019. Shit turned sour in 2020 when I became jobless after having to homeschool our kids. Couldn't afford the rent. Got evicted six months later. My mother-in-law, who offered us two bedrooms, backed out as soon as we became homeless, and we ended up living out of our van for four months with our kids before a homeless shelter opened up. Good gravy. During said time, mother-in-law had very little contact with us. Sister-in-law was also tense from us asking to come to her house to shower, despite us offering payment. We were looked at like we were scum because we were over the age of 30, had three kids, and didn't have our shit together. We were told how we were going about life all wrong and that if we had planned better, we wouldn't be in this situation. Coming from sister-in-law mostly, who was given her house after her father died and hadn't paid taxes in four years. Fast forward, we were able to get back on our feet times 10. We built a house from scratch with our kids and gained a shit ton of experience for all of us. It came out perfect. The kids are ecstatic because they built their own house. We are happier than ever. We even started our own business. We did this together without any help from his family despite their promises, and I will admit that I grew a nasty taste in my mouth about the whole lot of them, despite the end result turning out the way it did. Well, mother-in-law is down and out currently. She was moved to PT employment due to her slow-paced work style. Her retirement was taken away apparently after the government stripped it from them and will likely be evicted soon. And she has already received two notices and a lease termination letter. She came here yesterday afternoon and asked us if she could stay here if she became evicted. I will admit that my first reaction was to outright laugh at her and the audacity, the audacity. She looked immediately offended and uncomfortable, especially after I stated that there wasn't a chance of that happening. My husband just stood beside me with his arms crossed, glaring at his mother, as he is very resentful of her allowing her grandchildren to live out of a van and homeless shelter after promises had already been made. Anyway, she left crying after saying the situation was entirely different. Sister-in-law, however, called us later and said that we were effing trash for not allowing her soon-to-be-evicted elderly mother to move in. My only response was that a nursing home just opened up down the street, and she can go there. However, a few friends say it was kind of mean. Am I the astronaut? <laughs> 
Oh, literally put yourself in this situation, though. I think this is one of those things where you would like to think that you would be the bigger person. You would like to think that if you had the capacity to help someone, even if they screwed you over, that you would do that. However, that doesn't have to be the case. If I were in this situation and had been to hell and back, basically, and was abandoned by my family, there's no way in hell whenever they were experiencing the same thing and they had refused to help me that I would help them. I would like to think that I'm a better person than that and that even though they screwed me over, I would be like, you know what, it's the right thing to do and I'm going to show you that I'm the bigger, better person and extend the help to you right now, but I'm not that person. This isn't even a petty thing. This is a turnaround, it's fair play. This is a karma driven thing. What did she expect to happen here? Did she really expect to be able to come groveling to you guys after she told you to screw off and had the ability to help and just chose not to and expect you to just what? Open up your home, your brand new home that you built from scratch after pulling yourself up by the bootstraps whenever she told you to pound sand and sister-in-law did the same. And not just that, but treated you like shit because you didn't have your shit together. And sister-in-law doesn't have a leg to stand on here because she didn't offer any help either. And she probably has the ability to help her mother-in-law, but isn't. And is just getting pissed off because you guys aren't helping her. She's probably more pissed off about you guys not helping her, which means she has to help her, than she is about you guys actually not helping her. We've seen this before in some stories, and it's it's probably more about, well, damn it, now I have to deal with it, instead of you guys had the opportunity to help and just didn't help. But yes, her unpaid taxes thing could, uh, could prevent her from helping. She could be losing her home too, which could make it worse because she could be looking for a place now too. So it could be mother-in-law and sister-in-law both really pissed because, yes, obviously they treated you like trash and now you're not going to help them but that's karma it tastes very sour this mother-in-law here told them that they could not have any help at all and then said why don't you just let me move in with you it will be fine i deserve a place to stay that's not in a nursing home or a homeless shelter or a minivan dear god what a terrible situation to have to go through i know a lot of people went through hell with the economic downturn and with essentially the whole world being frozen with covid so a lot of people went through this kind of thing and i think we're just now to the point where we're seeing the other side of the tunnel where a lot of people are recovering from it but a lot of people aren't now doing the right thing and allowing mother-in-law to stay with you would be one thing then having to live with her knowing as judgy as she was whenever your life was in the shitter could be an absolute nightmare and chances are if you help someone like that that they're going to take it for granted and treat you like shit while you're helping them which is always cool there will be no safe space husband and i were officially well off i'm sorry i screwed it up already her retirement Words are hard tonight, I'm sorry. Hey there, it's Dusty Thunder again, and I have another Reddit story for you, but this one comes from the best of Redditor updates. This is, my soon-to-be former mother-in-law is why I'm divorcing my husband. And this is originally from the True Off My Chest subreddit from January 3rd of 22. My soon-to-be former mother-in-law is why I'm divorcing my husband. Throw away since husband uses Reddit. I'm planning to divorce my husband. I'm not here to have people try to change my mind. I will follow through no matter what everyone says. I, 23 female, and my husband, 27 male, have been together just shy of four years and married for nearly two. And I'm done. I've done everything. 
I have agreed to slow down college classes so that I could stay home more while he worked and had to take even less once I got pregnant with my one-year-old. I'm a stay-at-home mom, and he's the breadwinner. I do all the cooking, cleaning, child-rearing while taking my classes, all of which are online so I can watch my daughter. I agreed to this because I thought on his days off he'd help me. He'd help take care of my daughter and let me rest or go out with friends, and that hasn't happened at all. He comes home and goes to his man cave to game for hours at a time. When I do see him, he always complains about something or other, usually chores I missed or to tell me dinner's taking too long. He sounds special. And my mother-in-law, who I've tried to get along with for the sake of my husband and daughter, is simply a bitch. She's a self-proclaimed boy mom and told me when she met me that I'd never be good enough for her son. She raised him to be lazy, he doesn't know how to cook the most basic of meals, clean, and God forbid I asked him to watch my daughter. He hates babysitting. I don't, I'm running out of red flags. I'm literally running out of red flags here. Weaponized incompetence is a behavior I've become familiar with, to say the least. Whenever we have a fight, he runs to mommy and she'll call me to scream at me and tell me I ruined his life. Should I just leave them on the whole time? His dad is no better. He gave my husband a cushy job in his company he doesn't deserve that definitely pays him too much since I know he probably just bums around the office all day yelling at people. I have a bag packed, money saved, and we will be going to my brothers and my sister-in-law, who's a lawyer, has agreed to help me divorce this useless pile of shit that I married. I'm ashamed to admit when I called him and sister-in-law about them helping me, they told me they'd been waiting for me to open my eyes and realized I needed to leave. So everybody knew, except for mom. I wish that I could stay and raise my daughter with my soon-to-be ex, but I finally realized he'll never change or grow and that my mother-in-law is enabling his behavior and will never accept me as her daughter-in-law. In the comments, why do you keep saying my daughter and not our? OP. Because he doesn't contribute to raising her at all. She's my daughter and nothing but a nuisance to him that he has to deal with, making noise while he games. About letting mother-in-law babysit. She never babysits or visits. We live too far, 30 minutes away by car. I'll be miserable staying with my husband. Without him, I have my brother, sister-in-law, parents, and extended family to help me, and I can go back to college full-time and get my degree. I would leave him without a support system or penny to my name because no matter what happens, my life will be significantly better without him. Comet says doing everything at home without help was equal to the husband working all day. OP. I don't think they're that equal considering he can come home from his work. I can't stop being a parent or take a day off when he won't help me with anything around the house. He was so sweet at first I ignored things like how rude my mother-in-law was the first time we met. He made excuses for her, saying that she was always like that not to take it to heart. She'd change once she warmed up to me. He told me he wanted to start a family and that he couldn't see marrying anyone else. I feel so stupid I fell for all of that now. I know it was all lies. He lived with his parents still and his mom did everything for him. I stupidly thought he'd change, become responsible after we got married and moved into our house. I figured it'd take time for him to learn how to cook and clean. He never tried, but I thought eventually he would if I was patient. It took four years to realize that wouldn't change, but better four than 40. Holy crap, there's an update too. This story is 12 years long. Update. Hello everyone, I thought you would appreciate an update. Since my post, I've realized that while my mother-in-law is a massive problem, she is far from the root cause. My husband and himself being lazy and refusing to help with anything is the issue. He has never supported me, and I should have realized far sooner that I was being taken advantage of. I didn't. But at least I've only wasted four years of my life instead of 40 
trying to make something work that never will. I hope my mother-in-law will like having her son all to herself again so she can do his laundry and clean for him. As of Christmas, me and my daughter are staying with my brother and sister-in-law. On Christmas, my mother-in-law was supposed to come over so that we could spend time as a family. Since making my first post, I'd began to take all of my necessities, hide them away, and then have my brother take them in his truck to his house so that I could leave quickly and efficiently. I knew I couldn't take another Christmas with my husband and mother-in-law. All mother-in-law does is criticize my cooking and parenting while my soon-to-be ex-husband and my father-in-law do nothing. So I left to make a last-minute run to the grocery store with my daughter. Really, I'd gone to get our coats, left the divorce papers on his desk in his gaming room, and left in my brother's car who'd come to pick me up. I turned off my phone. We had a laid-back night eating Chinese food and watching Christmas movies. Sister-in-law is helping me with the divorce and custody negotiations, both of which she's optimistic that I'll get the majority of my demands. Since leaving mother-in-law, ex-husband and father-in-law have all called me to scream at me, and I've recorded everything, and I will be using every text, phone call, and voicemail to ensure I get full custody. Thank you to everyone who wished us well. I hope you all had a happy new year. So, yes, she obviously needed to leave. She obviously was in a situation that there was a Kobayashi Maru. There was no winning here. There was absolutely no winning. It was just a matter of losing in the least painful way. And I think she did that. She also made her departure the biggest middle finger she could think of, which is awesome. It might actually land her on the ASCON scale, but it's warranted because it's Awesome. So she had slowly been moving her stuff out without anybody realizing. It was on Christmas. She left to make a last minute run to the grocery store. Maybe it was Christmas Eve. It sounds like it was Christmas Day. I just don't know what grocery stores open on Christmas Day. Maybe it was Christmas Eve. I'm not sure. But the way that she departed and just basically slipped out and left the freaking divorce papers on his gaming desk. Oh, my God. You know, you know, he's going to see it there. Obviously, he's going to see it there. However, he's probably going to be searching all over the house looking for his dinner, which he doesn't know where it is. And then his mommy's going to have to cook it. And how do you think his mom responds to all this? Of course, he could do no wrong. It was all her. I'm sure she's just a terrible harpy. You did nothing wrong at all. My baby boy, you're my baby. Any woman would be so lucky to have you. We will fight this divorce with you. My God. Here's the error on her part, though. She thought he could change. And I know so many people make this mistake, but when she met him, she knew that he was useless, right? Like she knew he couldn't do anything because because mommy had been an enabler, but she thought she could fix him. And I know this is a mistake that happens over and over and over again. And how old were they? They weren't that old. I mean, they're in their 20s. He's 27 and they've been together for four years. So he was 23. They've been together for, yeah, since he was 23. That's young. You know what I mean? She's 23 now. So she was 19 at the time. And I know in your late teens and early 20s, you don't know. You don't know to look out for those warning signs. You don't know what you're getting yourself into. You just get excited and swept away by the romance or the lust or whatever the heck it is that you saw in this person. And you don't look at all the warning signs here. So you were essentially trapped into being completely dependent on him. And that's why he thought he could treat you however the F he wanted. And then he just assumed you would deal with it and never leave. Well, he's wrong. Part of this story is something that we see so much too. It's guys specifically who work full time, their wives or significant others are a stay at home mom. And they have this mentality whenever they get home from work that they don't have to do shit. And it drives me nuts because taking care of kids is so difficult. What Candy Thunder does taking care of, of Navy who, who is in school a couple of days per week now. She's in a preschool program, which helps. But what Candy Thunder does, if she's home all day with her, or even just during the day, whenever I'm here in the studio, is so much harder 
than what I do here in the studio. And then it just doesn't end. And of course, you know, whenever I get home, we start tag teaming things, but it's not like work stops for her at that point. It's tough. Being a stay-at-home parent is a lot of work. And they have a one-year-old. It's a lot of work now, and it's going to become a different kind of work here soon. Because when they become a toddler and start running around and getting into everything, that's work too. It is a ton of work. So Brozo here who comes home and is like, oh, I won the bread today. I want a game. You're going to cook. Huh. Brozo. Classic man-child. Mama's teeth-sucking Brozo. My God. Hey there, it's Dusty Thunder again, and I have another story for... This is going really well, guys. It's going really well. It is just water in the mug. If it was something more fun, I'd probably be doing a better job by now. Maybe I need to start hitting the monster tea harder. I need to wake up my brain that way. Hey there, it's Dusty Thunder, and I have a special treat for you. This is a Reddit story, yes, but this one is from Mother-in-Laws from Hell. You didn't know such a subreddit existed? Well, you do now. And apparently, this mother-in-law belongs there. Let's find out. Title of this post is just Entitled Mother-in-Law. My husband was a miracle baby for mother-in-law due to a medical condition. He was the first baby, first boy, first grandson, all the firsts. With this said, she jokingly calls him her golden child all the time. I just gave birth three weeks ago to our first baby, a boy. It's her first grandbaby. She calls our son the double golden child, which I don't like, but no harm, so whatever. Anyway, she's so overboard with my pregnancy and now with our baby. She insists that our child call her Yaya and father-in-law be Farfa. Mind you that neither of them are Greek or Swedish. They just like the nicknames. I will not be caught dead referring to them as such, simply because it's ridiculous given the context. My husband agrees and has told her, but she bought our baby clothes with their nicknames on it, so apparently it's non-negotiable. They were just on newborn clothes, though, which my son quickly outgrew. Thank goodness. It's because he's the double golden child, of course he grows quickly. Mother-in-law and father-in-law stayed with us for the first two weeks of my son's life. First thing father-in-law says is, I read a post on Facebook saying it's good to have grandparents that don't respect parents' rules. <laughs> he actually said this? My grandson will have all the McDonald's and Wendy's he wants with us because it creates a lasting bond. I never said he couldn't have fast food in the future, but I'm glad we established that they won't respect us. I thought I would appreciate the help at first, but no. They rearranged my entire house while we were at the hospital because she thought her organization style was better. She even moved everything in the nursery, which I spent two weeks decorating and organizing. I was livid. I breastfed, so I had to spend a lot of time with my son. The first two weeks, I literally only saw him when he had to feed because mother-in-law would insist on taking him. She even insisted on giving him a formula bottle to take stress off of me and bond with him too. Hell no. When she would want him, I would say no. But then I'd feel bad because my husband would say, She flew all the way across the country to help us. Just let her help. I cried so much the first few days because I just wanted to hold my baby and bond outside of feeding. Mother-in-law tried to give baby a pacifier when I was asleep because he was fussy, clearly hungry, but didn't want to wake me? They busted out our stroller and took my baby on his first walk without me knowing until I woke up for his feeding. That hurt. So considering I was less than two weeks PP with a third degree perennial tear, crazy pain obviously, and I developed a fever of 103 during this time, I was heavily advised to be on bed rest. 
I hardly left my bed. 30 minutes before my husband took mother-in-law back to the airport, she yells at me as a guest in my house because I didn't socialize with her or ask her questions about her motherhood experience with my husband. She asked if I had ever been loved and even had a desire to be loved by anyone. Huh? I have a wonderful relationship with my parents, so just maybe I just don't care to be loved by her specifically. Dingus. To top it off, she finished the conversation by saying she's sending everyone who gave us baby gifts thank you cards with pictures she took of our son on her iPhone because clearly I'm not grateful or loving enough to do such a thing. I don't see the point in thank you cards. I already texted these people personally. After all this, she apologized to my husband about her outburst but still hasn't called or texted me with an apology. She wants us to visit in March but I'd rather not. She said she'd buy her plane tickets and all but I would rather not be indebted to her. I tend to be a pretty forgiving person but I am so so done. She crossed the line far too many times. So it's really funny because we see a lot of this actually. We see mother-in-laws, even though they were mothers, don't seem to understand this whole thing where you can't treat the mother of a child like shit and then expect to have a relationship with a child. How in the brain so they just not understanding this work because if they were in that situation and their mothers or their mother-in-laws treated them like shit they wouldn't want to give them time with their child and not just that but they took so much away from op here they weren't there to help and that's the biggest problem that i have with all of this is they made it about them they took this selfish approach to wanting to be there to take all of these moments to have all of these things but it was never about the baby it was never about helping op it was about mother-in-law wanting these things for herself and I think it's a common thing with babies and people because people are like oh I want this I want the feeling I want the feeling of holding the baby I want the feeling of being the first person to do this with this baby I want the feeling of this and this and this instead of how can I help or what does the baby need or what does mom need it's a very selfish approach and I think people who take that approach are just straight shit bags and completely self-absorbed and why mother-in-laws specifically run into this thing is just It's mind-boggling to me because they were moms. They're still moms, but they were there. And maybe it's just been so long that they forgot. Maybe their mother-in-laws treated them like shit too. And maybe they just took it. I don't get it. I really don't get it. I do know that hubby is letting this shit happen. And that's my second biggest problem with this is that if... I were in this situation and I saw someone taking these moments from my wife or treating my wife like this or being selfish with our baby instead of being there to help, I would have kicked their asses out. First, probably had a really firm conversation to enforce some boundaries and he didn't. I feel like he failed her here. Obviously, mother-in-law is a beast and she just doesn't get it for whatever reason. But you go back to the beginning where she said that her son was her golden child and the grandbaby is the double golden child. So he must be a man child who just because he's the golden child lets his mom do whatever the she wants but dude brozo you aren't married to your mom whenever you got married your wife became your priority whenever you had a kid your kid became your priority and your wife it's not your mom he's protecting his mom here instead of advocating for his wife and that pisses me off we know where mother-in-law lands here let's just go ahead and make it official mother-in-law congratulations you are the winner of a shiny new ascon one trophy you're terrible and hubby, you know what? Let's let's reference the scale here because I, I need to double check on where hubby's going to fit in. Okay, as a reminder, Ascon 1 is there's no way you should have done that. You're a terrible human being and Ascon 1 is the worst. Ascon 2 is you definitely shouldn't have done that, but it doesn't make you a terrible person. Ascon 3 is you probably should have approached that differently. And Ascon 4 is you probably could have approached that differently. Maybe you're an asshole, maybe you're not. Hubby here, I'm calling it.
Hubby's right here with her because he didn't do a damn thing to fix it. He didn't do a damn thing to stop it. He didn't do a damn thing to advocate for his wife or enforce a boundary. Nothing. He just let mother-in-law run rampant. And that's on him too. It's probably more so on him because she's on bed rest. She just had a baby. They have a newborn. He's the only one there that is truly able to stand up and enforce that boundary and fight that fight and just chose not to. I'm calling him a one, Rebel. I'm calling him a one. From one dad to another. Dude done effed up. And here's the deal. If he doesn't get his shit together quickly and fix this, it's going to ruin their marriage. It will. It will absolutely destroy their marriage because now she knows that his mom is more of a priority than even their baby is to him and that's messed up dude come on you gotta unlatch from the teat at some point man now's the time mothers-in-law mother-in-laws mini much moosin Hey there, it's Dusty Thunder again, and I have another Best of Redditor update story for you. This one is titled, Original OP's Husband Thinks She Baby Trapped Him. New update. The original's from February 3rd, 2023, which is not that long ago. It was originally posted in AITA, but was removed by the mods. My husband, male 35, and I, female 32, have been married for seven years. He lived next door, and we just clicked. It was like a fairy tale. One thing I've always thought made our marriage so strong was our friendship with each other and our trust in one another another. Although now my husband seems to think otherwise. Recently, my husband found out that his friend, Jeff, male 34, has been baby trapped. Basically, Jeff's wife, female 32, stopped taking the pill and fell pregnant a few months into their relationship and only came clean after the wedding. Jeff came from a very conservative family, which his wife knew, and so he felt obligated to marry her after the pregnancy. Unfortunately, he now feels obligated to stay regardless of the clearly messed up dynamic because he feels that he has made a vow and will stick by his wife and child. My husband, for some reason, has been really rattled by this. I am currently four months pregnant with our first, and my husband asked me yesterday if I was trying to baby trap him. I first laughed because I honestly thought it was a joke. He was dead serious and doubled down. So I told him that we already had been married for seven years, and a baby was not going to trap him any more than he already is. My husband did not like that answer, and said that there was no time limit on baby trapping, and that my intentions were clearly not pure given how I was acting, as if his concerns were a joke. He said he had trusted me in the past, but me laughing in his face gave him no reason to trust me now. I did not really know what he wanted or how I was meant to respond, and I said we should talk about this in the morning. Today I woke up and my husband was gone, but I did have a nasty text from his brother, male 28, saying that I had forced my husband into this pregnancy, despite it having been a joint decision. My husband is MIA and not responding to calls or text, and now I'm wondering how on earth to go forward. Any advice is appreciated. That's the first post. Okay, there was another story recently where where this did happen, because when the other stories OP and her husband got married, he was very, very clear in the beginning that he did not want children. He had his reasons for not wanting children, and they agreed to that whenever they started dating, whenever they got engaged, and whenever they got married. And then she baby-trapped him. But her sister found out that she was trying to baby trap him, but her sister told the husband what had been going on and that she was secretly trying to get pregnant without him knowing, and she became the family asshole for telling him. It can definitely happen after you get married. It seems like he's serious. All right, there's an update. Update. One day later. Not sure if I'm allowed to post on here again, but I wanted to quickly update everyone who was kind enough to give me some advice. I didn't respond to anyone because my post was locked quite quickly, but I have read every single comment and message. I am very grateful. I realized while I was reading the comments that everyone was right. 
I wasn't angry enough. My husband had insulted me and our marriage in a very hurtful way, and it just didn't really register for a while. I was so confused and upset that it didn't occur to me to be angry, but I think everything just needed to sink in. In the meantime, I called my best friend, female 31, who has been such a rock in my life. She came over with some chocolate and was furious when she heard. She called her husband, male 34, to the house after I had gotten everything out of my system. He's a family lawyer, and he said that he would happily represent me if I wanted to go through with a divorce. This man is a saint, and I will draw up divorce papers on Monday. This all happened in 24 hours. My mother-in-law, female 66, showed up with my husband in the car not long after my best friend's husband arrived, and she practically dragged him to the door. My mother-in-law said that he had showed up at their house last night, saying that he was certain that I was using a baby to trap him. Fortunately, my mother-in-law is a smart woman and absolutely tore him a new one before dragging him to the house today to apologize. Is it possible? Can it be? Can it, can it be that, that a mother-in-law was the opposite of terrible and did something so brilliant and right that the heavens parted and angels sang and her son came to apologize? That was a bit much, sorry. My worm of a husband did not look me in the eye the entire time, but said that he was scared about becoming a dad and projected his fears onto me. Oh, you don't say. You don't say. He said he wasn't sure if he was ready for that kind of commitment, but he will step up, as if he is some kind of hero. I roll. I called him a coward and told him that he should stay with his parents until I am ready to talk to him. I didn't want to say anything about the divorce papers because I didn't know what his reaction would be, but he will find out soon enough. I also showed my mother-in-law the text from my brother-in-law, and her face was like a storm cloud. Nice choice of words. I don't know what will happen there, but I am sure it will be bad. For now, I am exhausted and just want to curl up and cry. My best friend has said she'll spend the night with me and we can watch silly movies. I've also made an appointment with the therapist for next week, but for now, I just need to rest. I am exhausted and devastated that my marriage has come crumbling down. Sorry for the sad ending, everyone. This is the coolest mother-in-law in the history of mother-in-laws. But as I was reading, I think she might just be really smart. She might have seen the writing on the wall here and understood what the mother-in-law in our previous story did not understand. And that is, if you want to have a relationship with a child... You've got to have a relationship with mom. And she saw the writing on the wall, saw that her son had just imploded their entire relationship and knew if she stuck by him, she would not get the opportunity to have a relationship with her grandbaby and said, you know what? I am realigning my alliance here to be with the mom. Because not only is it the right thing to do, but also it's the one that allows her to have a relationship with her grandbaby. And there is yet another update for this, but we're getting too long of a video here. So we're going to save that for another video. And we have one more update for the best of Redditor update post where the original OP's husband thinks she baby trapped him. This is an update from February 13th, which was nine days later. Thank you to everyone for all the messages and kind pieces of advice. I have received so many requests for an update, so I thought I would quickly post and let you all know how I am doing. Overall, everything has settled down a little bit. In good news, I had a scan with the doctor, my mother-in-law attended with me, and the baby is happy and healthy. I finally found out the gender. I am having a little girl. I am over the moon. My mother-in-law was a gem, and she was so touched that I had included her in the scan. She is very excited to be a granny. On that note, my mother-in-law organized a family lunch a couple of days after the scan. I was a little reluctant, but I knew that she had good intentions 
intentions and wouldn't do anything to make matters worse. When I arrived, my husband and brother-in-law were there, along with my father-in-law, male 70, and mother-in-law. It was quite awkward until my mother-in-law asked if anyone had anything to say. My brother-in-law spoke first and apologized for his awful text, saying that he was swept up in the moment and wanted to support his brother. I explained how hurtful it had been to receive such a nasty and vindictive message and that he knew as well as anyone that my husband and I had been trying for almost a year. He hung his head and mumbled something. That was pretty much the last I heard out of him for the afternoon. Next, my mother-in-law looked quite pointedly at my husband, but he actively avoided anyone's eyes. Eventually, she spoke up and announced that my husband would no longer be welcome to stay in their house. She said that she was ashamed to have her son behave the way that he has and that she would prefer to make space for her granddaughter rather than have some lowlife hanging around. Shit. I love this mother-in-law. My husband had opened up his mouth to say something earlier, but his eyes lit up when she said granddaughter. My husband had always wanted a girl, and he was suddenly in tears saying that he was so pleased to hear the gender. My husband was suddenly wanting to touch my belly and asked if he could come home and paint the nursery. I told him in no uncertain terms that he was not welcome and that he had destroyed any trust I had in him. I told him that if I took him back, if... I would be worried that he would disappear at any kind of big news and that I couldn't have someone by my side who balked at the first chance. He asked me if I was telling him it was over and I point blank told him that I had engaged a lawyer. My husband was kind of frantic, but I felt so calm like someone had put a blanket over me in the situation. Normally, I'm a big crier, but I felt so removed from everything. My husband said that this was not fair. He had shown a little bit of panic and suddenly I am throwing away our life and denying him his daughter. My father-in-law reminded him that this is the same baby he felt trapped by no more than two weeks ago. My husband said it was a mistake and that he was stressed, but my mother-in-law asked him how he thought I felt. She asked him to imagine being so vulnerable and giving up your body to grow a family, and suddenly the one person you trust is accusing you of terrible things. He said it was a mistake and projected his fears onto me. I told my husband I felt so broken when he left because I had all these dreams of a beautiful family which came crashing down in an instant. My husband said that he wanted those things with me, and he wanted our baby girl, but that he let the panic overwhelm him. I told him that wasn't a good enough excuse for what he put me through, and that he certainly didn't seem panicked when his mom had to drag him to my door to apologize. He didn't have much of an answer other than to say he was ready now and wanted our girl. In all of this, and all of the times he told me he wanted me and our baby, he never once apologized properly. After a very, very long discussion, the lunch wrapped up and my mother-in-law stood by what she had said about my husband not being welcome. He asked again if he could come home with me and I told him that it was my house. I owned the house before we were married and that it was going to be a safe space for me. That is to say, he is not welcome. As far as I know, he is staying at some hotel. Finally, he was served divorce papers at work on Friday. My bestie's husband drafted them earlier, but I wanted to wait until I had thought it all through. I received a few missed calls and crying voicemails asking if I was really throwing away our family, but I did not respond. He even took a crying selfie sitting in his car, which my bestie laughed at quite a bit. My mother-in-law called me when she heard and told me that I am making the right decision. I'm just, I'm flabbergasted by this mother-in-law at every turn. She said she never wanted my marriage to end this way or for her son to be so callous, but she said she is here for my baby and I and that we will always be family. She even tried to apologize on my husband's behalf, but I told her that was not necessary. At the end of the day, his actions are his to own. My best friend has been around all weekend and we went baby clothes shopping for a little bit of sunshine and all of this. She has been such a rock and her husband has helped so much with the process. I don't know what will happen next, but I feel much calmer and I think I am making the right decision. I will update again if anything major or exciting happens, but for now, I just want to get through all of this and hopefully come out with a beautiful baby girl. Wish us luck. Going through with the divorce surprised me. It did surprise me. 
once that trust was broken and once he, I think she saw his true colors and it wasn't even once he found out she was pregnant because she had been pregnant. It's once he had a buddy that got baby trapped, even though he consciously decided to want this baby and to try for this baby. It's like his friend went through something and was freaking out and he just, he had like sympathy freak out. Can't do that, dude. Okay. Look at it this way. The amount of shit that he put his pregnant wife through, who is already vulnerable, who is already over-processing all feelings, who is already supporting another human life inside of her, the amount of shit that he put her through, punishment fits the crime. The crime was worthy of the punishment that she laid down for this. I'm just surprised that she actually went through with it. Because in most cases here, you would have a mom who was you know, afraid of doing it alone. And for that reason alone, probably would have taken it back to try to make it work or, or for guilt or for... If no other reason than because she wanted the baby to have her parents together and try to keep at least somewhat of a classic symbolic family together for the baby. And so many people stay together for that very reason and that reason alone. But she saw that when the going gets tough, he gets gone and just geeks out. Life is hard and life with kids is hard. And you're going to hit so many obstacles in life that you have to know that your partner is there to stand by you for all of it. And she's right to not know that. She's right to not have the faith in him that he's going to be there for everything. He proved to her at, I'm calling it a minor freak out because he had no reason to freak out. This wasn't even a real issue. It was something he knowingly put himself into and then he had a buddy go through something and he had like sympathy pains and freaked out because of that. Like what's going to happen when something real happens? What is he going to do? He's going to run. But his mom, mother-in-law, She's like the godfather of mother-in-laws here. She's like a true patriarch. She's Abuela from Encanto. She's like, no nonsense. You're going to do what I say. And the way that she pulled the strings to make the boys apologize and then still called her son basically trash and said she was embarrassed of him and wouldn't let him come back to her house, which I'm sure was her move to try to force him to reconcile and get back with his wife so she could stay there. But whenever she held her ground, whenever OP held her ground, mother-in-law agreed with her. So many surprises is at every twist and turn here. This is a movie script. Mother-in-law, I am a fan. I'd like to shake this woman's hand. Say thank you for your service. Can you please teach a class to other mother-in-laws? Wowza. Fortunately, my mother-in-law is a smart woman and absolutely tore him a new one before dragging him to the house today to apologize. Is it possible? Can it be? Hey there, this is Dusty Thunder, and I have another Reddit story for you. This one is from the mother-in-laws from hell and is called Mother-in-Law Refuses to Give My Engagement Ring Back. A little backstory. My husband and I first got together when I was 16 and he was 19. We had our share of breakups and back together and so forth. Our breakups had a lot to do with my family mistreating him and me having a lot of abandonment issues that I did not know how to work through. Two years into our relationship, he saved up $2,000 and bought a beautiful ring and proposed. However, he was going through something mentally and was struggling with anger and I was still very immature, leading to our last breakup two months later. When we broke up, I gave him the ring back. He wanted to pawn it, but his mother said, You guys always get back together. I'll buy it off of you and give it back to her when you get back together. So she 
she bought it for $400. She also resized it to her finger and began to wear it. Okay. That's a red flag if I ever heard one. She's wearing the engagement ring. Oh my God. Fast forward, we got back together four months later. I was in therapy and he cut off some real toxic friends. I knew she was wearing my ring and I made comments about it, but she just laughed it off. Fast forward to me being 23 and my husband 26. We are in an awesome place in our relationship, haven't broken up since the last time five years prior. He wanted to propose again. I told him I wanted my ring back. His mother said she would give it back for $600. I told her we didn't have the funds right now if she would do $200. She refused. So we decided to finance a cheap $800 ring from Kay's. We have now been married for two years and to this day, his mother still wears my ring. Am I wrong for still wanting it back? He worked so hard to get me that ring, and it's a ring I could only dream of. I've heard some messed up mother-in-law stuff, but mother-in-law wearing the bride's ring as her own and having it resized, that takes the cake. That is a wedding cake taker right there. Okay, so you've been married for two years. Don't let her see your wedding dress. She'll have it altered and she'll start wearing that around too. I don't understand any of it. She didn't see it as a symbolic thing at all. Maybe she just saw it as a ring and she was like, eh, it's a cool ring. I think I'll wear it. No, 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 no. Okay. She said, I'll buy it off of you and give it back to her when you get back together. Bought it for $400, then resized it, and then started wearing it. When they got back together and they said they wanted it back, she tried to sell it to him for a profit. She tried to sell it for 600 She said she'd give it back and then she tried to make a profit off of it because she didn't want to give it back. She wanted to keep wearing it. No, OP, you are not wrong for wanting the ring back. However, and there was another post that we did about this recently, and that was about a ring that was like a grandmother's ring or something like that. This couple had had broken up after he proposed. He ended up later marrying someone else who was crazy. That ended, and then the original OP and this guy got back together, and she didn't want the ring because the ring, she thought, would like bring the bad vibes of that crazy relationship into it. And there was a lot of talking comments about objects carrying memories or carrying auras or carrying vibes or any of that. So maybe OP, you don't want the ring because maybe it comes with more than that symbolism of when he worked so hard and saved up. Because think about the time in your life too. Whenever that was going on, you guys were in a really volatile place. It's actually from a negative era in your relationship and in your life. And now mother-in-law has been wearing it around all this time. I'm sure there isn't a lot of positivity packed into that ring for her to pass along with it. And she wants to charge you a $200 premium. So I'm just saying that there's a whole lot more negative that comes with that ring than positive. So I don't care if it's a nice ring. Pass. Pass. I get it. I understand. But I think she's tainted the ring. Now she's like Smeagol. Give it to us, my precious. They tried to trick us, trick the hobbitses. No, I wouldn't want that ring here. That is a lot of ick. Lots of ick. Loads of ick. $2,000 worth of ick that you could buy for $400 and then sell for $600. It's been resized, though. You got to pay to have it resized again, you know. Hey again, it's Dusty Thunder, and I have a classic Am I the Ascanaut story for you this time. This one is Am I the Thunderhole for having a better wedding than my sister-in-law? Sibling rivalry, here we come. I'm a casual Reddit browser, but I've never engaged the community before because I never thought something this wild would happen. But here we are. I'm 29 female from a middle-class family and have an older brother, 35 female. Let's call him Adrian. Adrian! He's a self-taught software engineer and makes pretty good money. A little over one year ago, he married his girlfriend, 28 female, of six years. Let's call her Heather. Heather! 
It just doesn't hit the same. She's not a bad person, but I think she's a little bit spoiled. She's the type that loves to brag about all the expensive stuff her husband bought her and their wedding was pretty extravagant. She still loves to talk about how it was the most amazing wedding she's ever been to. My brother's kind of wrapped around her finger, but it never really mattered until now. I met my fiancé, 36 male, about four years ago. It was a business event and he owns a decently sized and very successful company. So saying that, he's extremely wealthy. Since he grew up less than... He loves to spend his money on things him and his family could only dream about before. One of those things is, of course, our wedding. He wants to go all out and hired a somewhat well-known wedding planner to arrange everything. Honestly, I'm pretty excited. I never dreamed of such a luxurious wedding, but now that it's happening, it feels like I'm living some wild dream I never even dared to have, like a textbook fairy tale. Recently, I was at a family gathering and was hanging out in the living room with my mom and Heather doing girl talk. My mom started asking me how the planning was going, and when I told her about everything we were doing, I could see Heather go pale and then extremely red in the face. She was quiet for the rest of the night. The next day, Adrian called me and said that Heather was extremely upset and felt like I was trying to one-up her wedding. <sighs> she said I was trying to upstage her because I never expressed desire for a fancy wedding before. <laughs> okay. Okay, all right, all right. I gotta hold my comments. I gotta hold my comments until the end of the story, but I got shit to say. He asked me if we could tone it down so it doesn't exceed the budget they had for their own wedding. I laughed because honestly, I couldn't believe what I was hearing, and then I naturally said no. He sounded upset and hung up. A few hours later, Heather calls and she starts yelling at me, repeating mostly the same stuff, saying she knew I was always jealous of her and I'm only with my fiancé because he's rich and I want to rub it in her face. That made me snap and I said, if you're that obsessed with money, maybe you should have married someone else instead of my brother. If anyone's jealous of someone, it's you. She screamed at me and started crying before she hung up. Now Adrian is angry and calling me an asshole for insinuating that she shouldn't have married him. And my parents think I was too harsh on her when I know she's always been material and are asking me to lower our wedding budget to appease her. I don't want to. My fiance definitely doesn't want to. But I don't know if that makes me an asshole or not. How self-absorbed do you have to be? To think that just because someone else is having a fancy wedding, they're doing it just because they want to piss you off? Just because they want to one-up you? How? How? Oh my god. This level of ignorance is astounding. And how? How big of a shit human being do you have to be to be like, can you tone it down? Because we really don't want you to outdo ours. There are several problems here. Obviously, there's material, but then there's being so material that you can't be outdone without taking it personally. But if that's the case, how, how does she look at anything? How does she look at anything in the world? How does she scroll Instagram and not see a wedding that's better than hers was and be butthurt about it? Does she just get butthurt anytime she sees something better than what she has? Because if that's the case, either she's seeking out to be offended, which a lot of people do. A lot of people seek out being offended. People who seek pain always find it. People who seek to be offended will always be offended. This gal here is offended because somebody's having a bigger wedding than her. I mean, there are obviously spoiled little shits on this planet, but this is a whole new level. This is like some kind of reality TV show 
in LA where it's like the richy rich girls. It's like the Beverly Hills girls getting shitty with each other because one of them is planning a wedding that's slightly better than what she had or it's going to cost more money. To be so material and self-absorbed that you think someone else's wedding has anything to do with you makes me want to just throw shit. Her husband is hilarious here. So OP's brother, of course he called. Of course he got pissed off because... He has to deal with Heather and Heather being as material as she is and her world is going to get destroyed if someone has a wedding that's more expensive than hers. Of course, he's advocating for them to lower the budget because he doesn't want to deal with it. He's already probably put himself in a lifetime of debt to try to give her what he's given her to this point. If someone else goes and outdoes it, especially someone in their family, that's just going to get much worse for him. I, I feel like he's, yeah, he's an asshole here, but he's an asshole here because he's thinking about self-preservation and what he's going have to deal with she heather is a whole new flavor of asshole they're flavors of asshole apparently so because this one's spoiled rotten it's turnt and as eloise smith says compromise instead of lowering the budget i would lower the guest list by two uninvite sister lawn brother If there is someone who is going to likely, not even potentially, but likely shit on your day, your wedding day, they've got to get axed from the guest list. They have to. She's going to make a scene. I don't think she can help herself. I really don't think she has any self-control here because during the conversation, she was turning red-faced to getting pissed off about it and then went home and couldn't help herself, had to call, had to call and be shitty. So you know Minister's going to be up there like, if anyone has any reason why these two shall not be wed, please speak now or forever hold your peace. Um, yes, I know these two shouldn't be getting married because I know the only reason they're getting married in this fancy overpriced wedding is because they want to outdo me. I don't even think they like each other. They're just doing this to try to outdo me. Yes, Heather, because everyone's life benchmark is outdoing you. Get over yourself, you twit. Hey there, it's Dusty Thunder again, and I have yet another AITA story for you. This one is, am I the astronaut for removing my daughter's bedroom door because she won't stop slamming it? She's got to be a teenager. Got to be a teenager. Got to be a teenager. I, 40 female, have three kids. Maggie, 14 female. Levi, 12 male. And Charlie, 10 male. Levi and Charlie share a bedroom, and Maggie has her own room as the oldest and only girl. Maggie is a great kid. She does her homework, helps with chores without too much complaint, doesn't bug her little brothers too much. The issue is that she will not stop slamming her bedroom door. When she gets up to use the bathroom at night, she slams her bedroom door on her way out and back in. When she gets up in the morning or goes to bed at night, she slams it. Pretty much any time she enters or exits her room, the door gets slammed. And it's only her door. None of the other doors in the house. It shakes the walls and frequently wakes everyone else in the house up. Her brother's room shares a wall with hers and our bedroom is directly above theirs. We've talked to her about it and asked her very politely to please be more mindful about it because it is disturbing the rest of us, but it's in one ear and right out the other. We tried being more forceful about it, saying that if she continues to slam the door, there will start to be consequences. Still nothing changes. It all came to a head the other night when she got up to use the bathroom and all four of us were woken up by the slamming. I have to be up at 5am for work and I've had enough of the broken sleep and came downstairs and knocked on her door. She opened it and said, what? With such an attitude that it took a lot of self-control to not start yelling. I told her as calmly as I could that if she slammed the door one more time, she was going to come home and find it gone. She proceeded to yell at me to leave her alone and then slammed it five times as hard as she could. 
Well, the next day, Friday, she went to school and my husband and I both had the day off, so we took the door off the frame and installed a curtain rod with a nice heavy curtain over the door instead. She came home and freaked the F out. She said we're being emotionally abusive and taking away her right to privacy. She sulked all weekend and won't talk to us now. My mother says I'm the asshole because I overreacted, but she doesn't have to deal with the house shaking. I want to add that we completely respect each other's privacy in our house, which is why we hung a heavy curtain up and made sure that we couldn't see through it or around it. We even put little Velcro pieces on the walls and curtain sides so it stays in place. She still has her physical privacy, which she is absolutely entitled to, but she can't slam a piece of fabric. We also have never and still don't just go into her room unannounced and still knock on the wall to ask permission to enter. We've told her we'll happily put the door back on once she agrees to respect the no slamming rule. So, am I the asshole? Edit to add, one, the curtain is an industrial type that blocks sound and light. Two, the curtain is only meant to be a temporary measure. As soon as she agrees to stop slamming and be more respectful of the shared space, we will put it right back on. Three, the door isn't broken or malfunctioning in any way, and there's no draft causing it to swing shut. You know, every dad who was listening to the story was like, I bet that's draft, or I bet there's something wrong with the door. Door just needs adjusted because sometimes it does that. I was thinking it. I was like, I'd be looking at that door thinking, what is wrong with this thing that is causing it to slam? or where's the suction catching it through like something is happening here but turns out that uh that invisible drafty force is just the emotions of a teenage girl with a case of door slamitis it's a common uh, common diagnosis in teenage girls these days it would seem you know that door slamitis can be contagious amongst groups of teenage girls if you find yourself uh, with a teenage girl with a case of slamitis please keep them home and quarantine them for 24 hours don't let them near other teenagers this is a band-aid yes but pain causes change remember there has to be enough pain to create change so, is this enough pain for her to change her ways? Maybe because she flipped out about it and she was awfully pissed off about it. They confronted her about it and she slammed it five times in a row as hard as she could on purpose. Yeah, at least she got a curtain. And if it's a sound curtain, which are like thick, it's like like a moving blanket times three. Like that thickness. I mean, it's plenty for, for the, the kind of privacy that she needs in there. And it does solve their problem, the short-term problem. The long-term problem here is that whatever behavior is causing her to do this needs to be addressed. It's not like the physical habit of just slamming the door. Yes, you've, you've band-aided that, but what's, what's the bigger problem that is causing this to happen here? Is it just a general lack of awareness or lack of consideration for other people? There's got to be something that is causing that to be okay in her mind and to just not give any shits at all. But she's a good kid otherwise. That's the weird piece here. Like there's there's something where this one thing just isn't clicking and it's making her think that it's okay. And that you've got to dig into. And and yes, maybe this will create enough pain to just fix that and she'll get it back and she'll be more careful because she knows she's going to lose her door if she doesn't fix it. But maybe it doesn't. Maybe it's deeper than that. This is worth a shot and I would probably do the same thing, but just be prepared, OP, because it could be a lot deeper and you might have to start addressing the behavior or the the root cause of the behavior instead of just the actual action. Sorry, I just spit something out of my mouth there. I don't know what it was. Oh, beard hair. Sometimes having a beard means you get this rogue beard hair that just flies into your mouth and you're like, it has happened before while recording.
Hey, Dusty Thunder here, and I wanted to thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed that content. And if you did, please make sure to like, subscribe, and most importantly, share. Also, you can find swag and so much more at dusty-thunder.com, and you'll find even more content on all of our platforms. We're on TikTok, YouTube. We now have an official Facebook page that we'll be posting stories to as well. We have podcasts on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and so much more. You can see all of our content platforms on Linktree, which is linked in my bio. Engage with us wherever you're enjoying content and do your best to avoid the astronauts today. Thanks again.